And now the good news. I'm Barbara Schreiner-Trudell and I'm your host this evening for a little bit of uplifting news on this Friday the 13th. Uh, <laughs> we'll let that one go. All right. Well, to lead off, there is a wonderful little treasure hunt going on. It's the never-ending literary literary treasure hunt for kids. Now, this is in New South Wales town and has given new lives to thousands of books and new smiles to as many children. In the town of Braidwood, a tradition of hiding children's books in plastic bags in unlikely places has grown out of a pandemic tradition of hiding painted rocks. Hidden in shop windows, among shrubs, in parks, around town, a child who finds the book can choose to either take it home or add their name to the list of past owners and rehide the book for another kid to find. How fun is this? Mom of five, uh, Samantha Dixon, believed that it might be more useful than the rocks for children after seeing some similar community movements in other counties. It's lovely to watch the little kids' faces when they find the books, and it's just a little bit more magical. So what a great way to spend time finding these books, reading the stories, and sharing them back. I love that. That's absolutely brilliant. I'll tell you, humanity, we've got some good ideas sometimes. Well, here's a fun story. A Southwest Airlines pilot... <laughs> catches a phone that a passenger had left behind on the plane. So a passenger left their phone behind in the waiting area before a flight leaving from Long Beach, California. The pilot took the liberty of retrieving it from the ground crew <laughs> and then giving it to the person. I mean, how, where do you see that happening? I'll tell you, I thought that was a very sweet, cute story. Okay, here's, here's a really uplifting story. This is remarkable. A TikTok video raises over $100,000 for an 82-year-old uh, Walmart employee so that he could retire. Rory McCarty was shocked to find an 82-year-old Navy veteran and widower still grinding on eight to nine-hour shifts at a Walmart. He realized at that moment he could use his social media influence towards a good cause. Help, helping raise $108,000 in just a few days, McCarty gave it all to help the man finally, finally retire. How sweet is that? Warren Marion walked into Walmart in Cumberland, Maryland for the first time, for the final time last week after having handed in two-week notice. He was greeted with cheers, balloons, <laughs> and a large check for $108,000. Wow. McCarty runs an extermination business called Bug Boys and in true 21st century story managed to amass a TikTok following of 300,000 by showing videos of creepy crawlies he finds during work. Man with a show on TikTok, eh? But as a business owner, I was astounded seeing this little older man still grinding, working eight to nine hour shifts. McCarty said on the GoFundMe page he set up on December 19th to help fund Marion's retirement. I wanted to help this Navy veteran to live the remainder of his years traveling to see his kids in Florida. Get him off his feet. Oh, it makes me teary. This is beautiful. 
Imagine the things we could do when we look out for one another, when we take the time to notice one another, because we have to remember we are all connected. There is only one thing going on and we're all some part of it. So whew, as I compose myself, all right, moving on. <laughs> oh yes, we have a little video as well. Let's just show that quickly. She goes into Walmarts and she meets these older folks that are still working. Yeah. And he asked her, he said, why are you still working? She's because, because I have to. So she does does a um, GoFundMe. The one lady, she he, he she raised a hundred thousand dollars for this lady this this woman, and now she's got another one going, and she just raised an, over fifty thousand in four days for another eighty two year old. Yeah. Now imagine that someone raised that kind of money for you. You're going. Just imagine. Well, he doesn't have to imagine anymore. It's a done deal. How sweet is that? That's beautiful. You know, it's amazing what we can do for people when we take a moment to get involved and get connected. Well, here's another cool story. To improve her depression, this woman tries something new every day for a year and vows to keep it up. Like, how great is that? And I think we have a little video of one of the things that she was doing. Deja, do you want to show that video? So a woman who struggled with depression found a way, actually more than 300 ways, to improve her mental health by doing something new every day for a year. Jess Mal says she's now the happiest she's been in a decade after trying new things for 365 days, including a try at hot yoga and beekeeping. Let's take a look at this little video. Are you going to poison that thing? You're, you're going to go around now a bit here. <laughs> See? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how great is that? How great is that? So for anybody who's struggling, who's maybe had a tough time as, you know, the result of uh, our COVID lockdowns and all the changes that have been going on, maybe it's time to beat depression by doing something fun, interesting, and new every single day. It doesn't have to be beat, keeping, or uh, skateboarding, but uh, I'm sure you can find something that will keep you, <laughs> keep you intrigued. Uh, during the pandemic, this 34-year-old suffered from anxiety and depression, and I'm sure many people can attest to that. But the lockdown made her realize that she was depending upon her routine as insurance to keep her going. So she decided as the pandemic was faded, fading, she decided to try something new every day for 100 days. When that period ended in April, she found herself eager to do more. I think there's a great lesson in that when we take a look at mental health and we look at the way we deal with it. I think this woman found an incredible way of dealing with something that most of us, you know, may have dealt with at some point in time or another. But uh, I think this is a better way than maybe antidepressants. I don't know. What do you think? And Wayne had a good comment in the, uh, in the chat as well. And so, hi, Wayne. Hi, Eddie. <laughs> good goes around and around. Yes, it does. Well, here's a little doggy that put his fetching abilities to work. <laughs> I love this. So this little scruff, a 13-year-old border collie, spent his whole life chasing sticks. 
However, the owners, David and Yvonne, were advised by their vet to stop throwing him sticks as they could cut his mouth. That didn't stop Scruff's natural instincts, however. Instead, Scruff replaced the sticks with plastic bottles. He would see a bottle that somebody had tossed out and he'd go pick it up, play with it, then drop it and leave it. We'd praise him and he'd go look for another one. But we started to feel bad about leaving the bottles, David added. Even though they weren't ours to begin with, we thought of it as littering. Instead of leaving the bottles behind, Yvonne and David came up with the idea of recycling them instead. They started to bring cloth sacks on walks with them and grabbed, grabbed every plastic bottle that Scruff brought to them. In 2022, Scruff managed to re retrieve over a thousand bottles. Wow. I'll tell you, talk about an environmental hero. <laughs> Scruff finds are regularly posted on David's uh, Facebook page, which has the hashtag Scruff's Bottle Patrol. <laughs> the things we can train our dogs to do, I'll tell you, that is a beautiful thing. Making the world a better place. All right. Well, we have a Marine who did some really good work here. He's a Marine veteran turned cop and he tracked down a stranded man who nearly died in the cold. And the, a team of New Jersey police officers went above and beyond to rescue a stranded man who nearly died from the cold. Tom McHugh was reported missing by his daughter on December 17th, 24 hours after she had last seen him when he left for a ride in the mountains of rural Sussex County in his side-by-side. -side. A search was organized as temperatures were low and snow was on the ground. And after finding McHugh's tire tracks, his side-by-side -side was found crashed by the side of the trail in Stokes State Forest. Uh, troopers were able to follow his boot prints through the snow a mile and a half to reach the man who was alive but unconscious and suffering from hypothermia, a frightful condition that renders the limbs difficult to control and seriously impairs thinking ability. And I think Deja has a little mini clip of when they found this man. Sir, sir, sir. Sir, sir. Our CPR out at the GPS. Yeah, they're blocking off his face, but you can see his body lying there. Sir, you hear that? Sir. Come on, sir. Sir, sir, sir. Wow, it's it's amazing, you know, they're the people who go out and do this type of work and help us. We sometimes forget to say thank you to all of these. Uh, police officers, EMS, fire department, everybody who's out making sure the rest of us stay safe. So we want to just give a big shout out to this trooper. Uh, one of the troopers was an ex-Marine and used his training to raise McHugh's body temperature without fire or blankets. You know, that's what they teach us to do. He said, life-saving skills in cold conditions. Strip down, get on top of him, give him sternum rubs, body heat to body heat, whatever you can do to warm him up. And the body camera footage rele released records one trooper calling on another who had just finished running and had excess body heat to take turns lying on top of McHugh in the same way. It's amazing what we can do if we have a little bit of information and knowledge, right? If we know what to do. So one-on-one -on -one body heat, very important. On that note, you're watching the good news and we're going to take a short little commercial break and we'll be right back with a little more good news. 
And now for more good news. Well, I think our advertising is good news as well. We've got so many good things going on at this network. Well, a genius UK business uses Christmas trees to protect the region from flooding. So in an effort to combat flooding, a Yorkshire woman realized that thousands of wasted Christmas trees every year could be used as a natural flood protection and started a unique business to do just that. Oh, that creative human race, I'll tell you. The Rooted Christmas Tree Rental delivers a potted Christmas fir, pine, or spruce to a family for the festive season. When the lights are taken down, the company then collects their rentals and replants them to enjoy another growing season. Hello. So we've got more trees growing, less chopped down and wasted. I like that. When the trees get too tall, they're placed on the slopes of the nearby Calder Valley as natural floodwater breaks. The Sunday Times reports that the towns of, well, these towns in Yorkshire have been inundated by serious floods four times in the last 15 years, with the most recent one causing $180 million in damage. Wow. Rooted founder Sarah Tompkins established a Christmas tree plantation in the spring of 2020 with 400 trees. Dozens of those original 400 have now become too large for the average living room and have been hauled off for planting in the upper parts of the Calder Valley to stop floodwaters running down to the two towns below. I'll tell you, brilliant, brilliant. When started as a sustainability project turned into a flourishing commercial enterprise, when res residents learned how their Christmas tree purchase could be used to protect their towns from floods and to reduce waste from rot rotting trees. And I got to add, making sure that carbon comes out of the atmosphere. Trees are really, really good for climate change, right? Let's heal this planet. So she said, it's like people adopt them. She says they become part of the family. I've got a couple of people already asking if they can have the same tree again in 2023. And I'm trying to gently break it to them that it's going to be a nine foot by then. So it won't fit in their house. <laughs> How great is that? Fall in love with your tree. Well, speaking about the winter and what it can be. Hallelujah, California just got a serious, serious record snowfall in the California mountains. And this is kind of good news because of the drought that's been going on. We've been listening to all these forest fires over the last number of years. And so it's great to see this because as this melts and runs off, that's going to soak up the land and hopefully create some... Uh, good, good humidity in there. So Europe isn't the only place that's experiencing unusual winter weather. California's snowfall in the mountains this year is nearly double the seasonal average, giving the drought-stricken state hope for a moist 2023. Last Tuesday, the state performed its first formal snow survey up the Sierra Nevadas. Currently, it's 174% of the historical average for this time of year. That's the third largest snowpack in the last 40 years, trailing only 1983 and 2011. California has had three years of drought and many reservoirs and lakes are showing it. The heavy storms, which dumped all the snow on the mountains, also deposited floodwaters around the north of the state, which the LA Times reports is actually normal. 
Officials say that while the storm damage is, of course, unfortunate, several more storms will be needed to refill those reservoirs. So as much as we sometimes dislike this type of weather, the truth is that we need a balance to ensure that we have the moisture necessary to uh, keep everything sustainable and doing well. So good news for uh, good news for California, hopefully. Okay, so now getting on to something very different. The Aztecs used the mountains to create sophisticated uh, farming calendars that even accounted for leap years. So you can see the picture of it. Without clocks or modern tools, ancient Mexicans watched the sun to maintain a farming calendar that precisely tracked seasons and even adjusted for leap years. In the early 16th century, the largest city in Spain had a population of less than 50,000, whereby in contrast, the land the Spanish were on the verge of conquering could sustain millions. By this time, the people living in the Mexican basin had been using a calendar so precise that it allowed them to time the planting of their crops to avoid the dangers of hot, dry springs, summer monsoons, and to detect both equinoxes as well as both solstice and leap years. That's fascinating. Research now compiled by the University of California, Riverside, shows how the Aztec or Mexica, as they call themselves, were able to achieve such accuracy in timing the seasons and the weather. We concluded they must have stood at a single spot looking eastward from one day to another to tell the time of year by watching the rising sun. The single spot was identified through Mexican manuscripts that tell of a Mount Tylock east of the Mexican basin. Using computer modeling of the sunrise, they were able to determine this sacred mountain um, the sun would have risen precisely behind a causeway-like structure on the temple seen in the above image. So, uh, oh yeah, okay, we can sort of see the temple there. So, wow, who knew? You know, we think we're so smart. We think we've got everything figured out, but I'll tell you, that's pretty remarkable. Our hypothesis is that they used the whole valley of Mexico. Their working instrument was the basin itself. When the sun rose at a landmark point behind the Sierras, they knew it was time to start planting. The Aztecs were just as good or better as the Europeans at keeping time using their own methods. I think sometimes when we think about timekeeping, we think of the Swiss. Well, I think maybe we've got some new competition or rather old competition here. <laughs> All right, moving right along. A British company develops the first tractor in the world to be completely powered by cow dung. That's uh, a little bit of a poopy story. No, <laughs> new, new Holland's brand new tractor runs on liquefied methane, allowing farmers to decrease their emissions and save money on expensive diesel. But that isn't the only reason it's more efficient. As the company says, the fuel can easily be produced by methane from cow pies, allowing for a more circular economic model in the most circular of industries. 
The powering 270 horsepower tractor is claimed to be a match for the performance of standard diesel powered versions. The groundbreaking machine was developed by British company Beneman, which has been researching and developing biomethane production for over a decade. Waste byproducts from a herd as small as 100 cows are turned into a fuel called fugitive methane in a biomethane storage unit based on the farm. A cryogenic tank fitted on the tractor keeps the methane in liquid form at 100, minus 162 degrees centigrade, giving the vehicle as much power as a diesel, but with significant emission savings. Wow. It was put through its paces during a pilot run on a farm in Cornwall where carbon dioxide emissions were slashed from 2,500 metric tons to 500 metric tons in just a year. Wow. That sounds like a really good thing. The T7 liquid methane fueled tractor is a genuine world first and another step towards decarbonizing the global agriculture industry and realizing a circular economy. The company is also investigating the wider use of the technology and hoping it could one day be used to charge electric vehicles in rural locations. Um, the partnership are now co-funding a study to assess the scale of fugitive methane emissions in Cornwall, the location of the Benjamin's headquarters. How cool is that? That's pretty amazing. Wow. And last but surely not least, the interior design of human cells is mapped for the first time. A breakthrough that could revolutionize healthcare. I'll tell you, look at that. Is that beautiful or what? Wow. Scientists have just debuted a new way to see how cells organize themselves, shedding modern light on the building blocks of life. In a new database of 200,000 images, scientists capture details about the rich variation in their shapes, even among genetically identical cells grown under the same conditions. Published in the journal Nature this week, the research is the culmination of all the work the Allen Institute for Cell Science has been doing since it was launched eight years ago. This milestone in cell biology, akin to discovering design principles of the cell, unlocks the potential to find new treatments for diseases where cells malfunction. And the methods and findings are generalizable to virtually any cell. So this could be really good news, especially for people who have some type of a, a chronic type condition. This could be very, very helpful. Research created a new method of analyzing human cells that produces a new type of information beyond the genomics. Computationally derived 3D spatial organization and morphology, essentially a cell shape and how its internal corp components are organized inside in three dimensions. After they've applied numbers and mathematical principles to cell organization, they uncovered the endless variation in cell forms. Wow, that is pretty remarkable. Part of what makes cell biology seem intractable is the fact that every cell looks different, even when they are the same type of cell. The same variability that has long plagued the field is in fact an opportunity to study the rules by which a cell is put together 
and I expect that many others will adopt the same methodology. The paper also lays the groundwork for understanding a cell's operating system, especially how three important factors relate, organization, behavior, and molecular identity. So who knows? Who knows what's coming next with this? Uh, they go on to say that what I'm truly excited about is how we and others in the community can now build on this and ask questions about cell biology that we could never ask before. You know, we live in very interesting times. We're living in times of great change. And there's so much going on that we have no idea about. And one day to the next, uh, who knows? You can't really plan anymore, can you? Things are happening all the time, whether it's snowfall in California or if it's Christmas trees, you know, preventing flooding in the UK. Whatever's going on, we as people are truly genius. And we have the ability within us to create marvelous, magnificent, remarkable things. So I invite you to really, uh, as this new year begins, find it in yourself to do something spectacular this year. Whether it's to do something new every day for the year or to, you know, pick up trash along the way like our good little collie did or you know, help out a stranger who really needs it, you know, an 82-year-old in a Walmart. So much we can do when we come together, work together, and realize that whatever I do for one, I've done for all. Well, everybody, this has been the good news for Friday the 13th. I hope you're making it a great one, and we'll look forward to seeing you again very, very soon. And take 2023 and make it a great one. You deserve to have the very best. Good night, everybody. Have a good week.